Well, if you're new to Oasis Church Chicago, let me say it again. Welcome to church, Oasis Church Chicago. My name is Pastor JP. My wife and I have the privilege and honor of pastoring and leading this church. It's so good to have each and every one of you here. Uh, at this church, we believe in a lot of things. We believe in Jesus. Anybody thankful for Jesus and his cross and his love that poured out for us? We believe that without Jesus, we are nothing. Without the Savior of the world coming into my life, because let me just say this, and most of you know this, but I tasted everything that this world could offer. I tried it all. And nothing satisfies or has satisfied the way that Jesus' love has for me. I have never tasted anything like the goodness of Jesus. And so we believe in Jesus. We believe that Jesus, no matter where you've come from, no matter what you've grown up in, no matter what you believe in, we say at this church, welcome home. You're home. You're here. You're in a place of family. We're, we're all like each other. We're no better, no, no different. Our, our color might be different. The way we dress might be different. But deep down inside of us, every single one of us desires love, desires to be loved. And we believe that Jesus came so that he could love us. No matter the, the sin in us, no matter the shame in us, no matter the guilt of our lives, he overcame all that on the cross of Jesus. And so we say, welcome home. We're glad you're here. And so we believe in the power of worship. If you saw people lifting their hands, they're not asking questions, right? But they're just reaching out to Jesus saying, I want to hold the hand of the Father in heaven. Because this world is crazy. This world is chaotic. This world has been just hitting as hard as it can. Because I believe Jesus is about to do something first and foremost here on this earth and in this nation. But it's just our hand reaching up saying, Dad, I need you. I don't want to be shaken any longer. And so that's why we worship. Amen. So I challenge you, lift your voices in praise and adoration because Jesus has done more than enough for you, I promise you. One quick announcement, I want to make this one just separate from the rest of them. Also on December 17th, not only will we be doing the final day of collecting gifts, but that will be our Christmas, whatever you want to call it, program, right? That's the time where we're going to have you invite people to come into this place and space and hear about the gospel of who Jesus is, that he came as a child born for us. And so we want to pack this place out, right? We want to pack this place out every Sunday. You should be inviting people to church if you like this church. If you don't like this church, don't invite them to this church. But I think if you love this church, bring people with you. But we have special invitations. We're going to keep making this announcement. You're going to see it all on social media and all that stuff. But they're right over there on a separate table. Uh, my wife and the creative team have done an amazing job. These are invitations. And they're actually three in one. No, no, nothing like the Trinity at all. Was that part of the plan at all? No, it just happened that way. Praise God. Glory, the three in one. Uh, but they're three invites in one, right? And you can rip these off, and you can hand three of them to three different people. Don't hand one to one person. Rip them off, hand them to three different people. They give all the information and just say, hey, listen, come experience this with me. Come and see what I've seen. And so I challenge you to invite people, Amen. Amen. We're going to dive right in. I don't got much time here, um, but uh, we're going to jump into a new series this morning. Anybody here last week with Pastor Jake from Chicago Tabernacle hearing the voice of God? I'm telling you what, that was challenging. I was challenged by that. If you haven't listened to that sermon or you missed last week, check it out online or on our app or on the podcast, whatever you can get to, because let me tell you something. Hearing God's voice, it's amazing. Tuning into God's voice Letting him speak to you, it's amazing when you dial in and you can hear from God. So it challenged me, it convicted me, it encouraged me, so I know it will do the same. This week and the next couple weeks leading up um, to our Christmas time, we're going to go through 
through the book of Philippians. I don't got any flashy title. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Study on Philippians. <laughs> it's amazing. But we're going to just dive into the book of Philippians. I, I believe that God has something to say to people here even this morning as we kick this series off. The book of, of Philippians is, is an amazing book. It's actually one of my favorite books in the Bible uh, next to James, but they're all my favorite. What am I saying? I'm a pastor. I love them all. Amazing. Even Leviticus. Anyways, really bad church joke. Um, but I love every book of the Bible, but Philippians, here's why I like Philippians, right? It's a book of encouragement. It's a book of, 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 of giving joy to people. It's a book of giving life to people. And I believe more than ever right now, we've just come through a season of breakthrough, and now I just believe that the Word of God needs to encourage us, needs to spur us on in our faith, needs to, to challenge us a little bit more to keep going. Let me just say this. You're doing better than you think. Someone needs to hear that this morning. It's really sense that you're doing better than you think you're doing. And better yet, God's doing more for you than you think he's doing. He's doing more in your life than, he, than you can sense or maybe feel or see. He's doing more for you. And I love that about God. But the book of Philippians is powerful. It's just, it's just Paul's, they were, they were a big supporter of Paul. The church of Philippi was a big supporter of who Paul was. And so Paul writes a letter to them while he's in prison. <laughs> Paul's a savage. And he says, even though I'm in prison, I'm locked up. I'm going to write a letter to a church that I dearly love, that I'm passionate about, to encourage them and say, hey, keep fighting the good fight. Keep going in this because God's doing more for you than you think he's doing. And so we're going to discover that. Is this okay? I hope so because it's the notes that I have, so we're going to go with it. But I, I just ask you, press in. Lean into this word and receive it and just, and just allow for your heart to be open because I believe that there's some encouraging words to be said here. If you have your Bibles, open up to Philippians 1. Go figure. Philippians 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. If you do not have a Bible, no one's judging you. If they are, tell me. I'll talk with them. Um, but it's going to be up here on the screen in a second, the verse itself. We believe in the Word of God at this church. Amen? Press into this. This is the only thing that I know to be true in life. It's the only thing. And so Paul writes these words, starting off in verse 1. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Like I just said to you, grace and peace. God's doing more in your life than you think he's doing. God's doing more. There's grace and there's peace for you. You're experiencing chaos, there's peace for you. You're not experiencing joy, there's joy for you. Grace and peace to you. And then this is what Paul goes on to write. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy. How many of you just pray with joy all the time? My hand is not raised. <laughs> it's hard sometimes to pray with joy, right? It's hard. Sometimes you're just getting hit and life's hitting you, but Paul's in prison. Can we just remember that for a second? He's in prison. I don't think joyful prayers are happening for me while I'm in prison. Just throwing it out there. I think I'm mad. <laughs> I think I'm upset. I think I'm a little discouraged. Paul goes, no, God's too good. His son Jesus is too good. So even though I'm sitting in a prison cell, I'm still thinking about other people. I'm not thinking about myself. And guess what? While I'm thinking about other people, I'm filled with joy. <laughs> Locked up. Hope that sinks in for a second. Pray with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, and this is what we're going to land on. This is my favorite verse in the entire Bible. Being confident of this, 
that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He, being confident of this, that he, Jesus, who began a good work in you, in you, in you, is going to carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Thank you for this word, Father. We receive it. We trust it. We believe in you. We ask that you just speak, that you encourage, that you challenge, that you just move in powerful ways in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's message isn't really, there is a title to it, and it's called A Work in Progress. A Work in Progress. How many of you have ever been to Ikea? There's a love-hate relationship with the store of Ikea. Truly. If you are about to get married, don't go to Ikea. (laughs) It will test you. It will test your strength of about what kind of marriage you're going to have. My wife and I experienced Ikea together for the first time not too long ago. And we were married close to three years. It tested our relationship. There's a lot of patience that has to go into Ikea. It is a zoo. Can we just call it like it is? It's grown adults just running around like madmen. But I'm fascinated by Ikea. Because you walk into Ikea, right? And they have amazing things set up. It's like, man... If my house could look like that, I'm in. I'll just, I'll write the check right now. This is beautiful. And you discover, like, man, there's all these cool things. There's all these great setups. And then you come to realize that you don't get it just like that. But you got to walk downstairs. (laughs) You got some numbers in your hand. And you got to walk up to these people, and they start putting boxes in your cart. And I'm like, where's the furniture? Like, I I saw it upstairs. I, I want it in my car, or better yet, can you just deliver it in a box truck to me the way that it's set up upstairs? It doesn't happen. The guy goes, no, buddy, you got to build it. I'm like, what? (laughs) Excuse me? No, just let it, just make it, poof, we'll have it. He's like, no, you got to create it. You got to build it. And so it tests us. (laughs) We received a piece of furniture, and I went to go build it one day trying to be a really good husband. (laughs) And at the end of building it, There were screws left over. (laughs) There were pieces left over. I think like multiple. And let me just, let me confession. I do work construction at times. I feel like I'm a bit handy. But whatever Ikea throws into their bags, it's from Satan himself. (laughs) I'm sitting there going, why is this, why is this left over? I listened to the instructions. I thought it was done. And my wife comes walking in and I go, babe, it's a work in progress shelf. Check it out. She looks at me like, no, it's not a work in progress. You need to figure this out. How many of you know if I called it a work in progress, I wouldn't be on good terms? I love you. But that shelf was not completed. To be frank, I threw the screws out. (laughs) I threw the extra pieces out. I didn't know where they went. I didn't know where they belonged. I think they were meant for something. But I couldn't figure it out, so I just tossed them. How many of you are thankful, though, that God didn't miss any screws in us? Maybe you need to hear that and only that this morning. God doesn't make a mistake. God has never made a mistake in creating individuals and creating people. I believe this, that each and every person living on this earth is a gift from God. You can say amen, church. It's a gift. You are a gift. You are a a, a handiwork, a craftsmanship of God's beauty. He didn't miss. He didn't mix up. He didn't mess up. He didn't didn't forget to add screws, and better yet, he didn't forget them and then just throw them out. No, he put everything inside of you perfectly. But 
The great thing about God, he's not done. What? He's not done with you. See, he created you. He put you together. He knitted you together in your mother's womb, but he's not done yet. You are a work in progress. You can say amen to that. That's encouraging. He didn't mix up. He didn't mess up. He didn't forget stuff. But he's constantly remodeling, constantly making us better, making us more anew. Anybody thankful that Jesus is making us new? This is an encouraging word. You're going to come with me or are you just going to sit there and just be like, I don't know what's going on out here. This is awesome. That God created us from the beginning. That he put us together in our mother's womb. And then he put us here on this crazy earth. And he says, you're not done. You are a work in progress every single day by my grace. You're a work in progress. He's refining us. He's repainting the walls. (laughs) per se, to bring out the God colors. Anybody like freshly painted walls? I do. God's constantly painting new walls to bring more of his glory and colors out in you. He's constantly transforming rooms to be more like him, placing his will, his plans inside of us. Placing his will. Who wants God's will in your life? Three of us. We're all going to talk afterwards. Every single hand, if you come to this church, should want God's will in your life. Can you, can you, who wants God's will in their life? This is an interactive church. He's transforming rooms. He's fixing short circuits in your mind. This week, it's been a heavy week. There's been a lot of people coming and, man, I'm, I'm dealing with this in my mind or I'm trying to battle this in my mind or, man, I'm struggling with this addiction because of my mind. It's, it's been a heavy week. And I'm reminded And I look at people and I say, God's not done with you yet. You're a work in progress. He wants to fix the things that are short-circuited. He wants to to dismiss depression. Can I just say that? I've been praying it all morning, so I'm just going to speak it over you if you're in this place. You're battling depression. It's an attack from from Satan himself. And Jesus has come to say, no, I'm not done with you. I'm not done with you. That's not what I have for you. I have more for you. So I'm going to take that out. I'm going to take that out, and I'm going to keep reworking you and keep remodeling you and keep working it better because you are a work in progress. And I'm here to tell you that I've overcome that. Tightening up screws that have come a little loose. Anybody have some screws loose? I do. People here in this church will tell you that. But he's tightened them up. He's tightened them up. I just had to fix a chair the other day, and it was the only reason why it was creaking is because the screws were a little loose, so I just tightened them up. And guess what? The chair was amazing. But he's come here today to say, you know what, you're a work in progress. I need to tighten some screws up in your life. Maybe the desires, the things that you're desiring in life right now, the things that I would never want you to desire. Let me just tighten that part of your life up. Are you going to let me? Are you going to let me? Are you going to let me come in and just tighten up those screws a little bit so that the desires that you're desiring will match up with the kingdom of God? I want to do my own thing. Really? How's that working out for you? Flat up, how is your own way working out for you? It's just a question at hand. I don't have an answer for you. But are you willing to let God come in, repaint some walls, remodel some rooms, tighten up some screws so that your desires and your passions begin to be aligned with who Jesus is? We got, we got followers of Jesus running around everywhere today that don't have passions and desires aligned up with his word. We don't. They're running crazy. 
They're just living out their path. No, he's not done with you yet. He wants to align you with his heart. He wants to put the right passions and desires in your life. He wants to bring you good thing. Anybody thankful for that? He wants to secure doors that have been open, that you opened up to the world. He wants to close them shut and say, no, shame, no, guilt, no. I've locked those doors. I've closed those doors. I put deadbolts on those doors. You're a work in progress, so let me come and just shut some doors for you so that you no longer have to live the way you used to live. Anybody need some doors shut in their life? I do. I need God to just shut some doors in my life so that I can go into the destiny and the future that he has promised for me, that he that began a good work will carry it to completion. I can read that scripture every day. I do. (laughs) It's on my phone. Every single day I read that scripture going, God, you're not done with me. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Because, man, if you were done with me, this would be bad. (laughs) Really bad. But, God, I need you to to rework in me, to remodel, to tighten some things up in me because, God, I know you're not done with me yet. He's not done with you. You could say amen. Is this, is this quiet today? Is this, like, this is encouraging. This floors my spirit. You know why? Because I don't have to wander. I can live in wonder. I don't have to wander. <laughs> I don't have to wander off going, man, is God really working in me? Is he really doing this? Yes. If his word said it, he's going to do it. So I can live in the wonder of God. Okay, God, what are you going to do in me today? What new thing are you going to put inside of me today? What new passion and desire are you going to place in me? How are you going to rip the old life out of me even more and place in me a new heart, a new mind? God, I stand in wonder today. Do what you have in me because you promised. Your word says so. That the one that began the work is going to carry it to completion. I'm a work in progress. Amen? Peace by peace. Day by day. Can we just come to grips, church, that you, at the point of saying, Jesus, I believe in you, you confess it with your mouth, you believed in your heart, that's salvation. That you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, King, and Savior. We like the Savior part, we don't like the first two parts. He is Lord, King, and Savior. Can we just come to grips that once you prayed that prayer, you are in the kingdom of God, and thank God for that. But can we just come to the grips that he's not done with us yet? That that point, you don't, re, you don't forget that point. That point was awesome, and that was the most, I will forever remember the day that I surrender my life to Jesus. I'll never forget it. I'll know exactly where I was. I'll know exactly where I was standing. I know exactly who was around me. You know why? Because it was my brand new start. So I won't forget it. I I was a mess. I was broken. I was messed up. And I remember just surrendering my life. Was I perfect? Uh, Far. But you know what's awesome? Is that I remember that, but I also came to grips in that moment by reading his word that he isn't just done with me yet in that moment. He's got a lot more to do in me. He's got a lot more to change in me. And if I'm willing to say, God, change me, God, change me. See, we pray that prayer often. Right? Maybe just me. Just talking to myself today. God, change me, right? I want to be changed. And then he gives you a moment to actually be changed. And you're like, no, I don't want to be changed. 
I thought I wanted to be changed, but what you're about to change in me isn't really working for me. It isn't really adding up to my agenda for me. It doesn't really fit my lifestyle choices. So you know what? I don't want to be changed. God, change me. Okay, son, daughter, I want to change you. I don't want to be changed by nobody. The beauty about God is that it's a work in progress. He wants to change us. He wants to renew us. He wants to transform us day in and day out to bring us the beauty of who Jesus is. I think we miss that oftentimes as the church. This journey of faith is beautiful. See, we get it twisted. Satan twists it in our mind. It's just a rule thing. Religion, oh, it's just religion. No, this has nothing to do with that. Religion, we're not about religion here. We're about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And in relationships, there's beauty. In relationship, there's amazing things that happen in a relationship with Jesus that you can't put words to it. I'm being confident today that he that began a good work in me will carry it to completion. He's not done yet. No matter the addiction you are holding on to, he isn't done yet with you. No matter the insecurity that is gripping you, he isn't done with you yet. I'm reading some things because these are some things that people are dealing with, I believe, in the church. No matter the offense deeply that you're holding on to, He's not done working on you yet. He wants to remove offense and bitterness from people's lives. Offense and bitterness, let me just teach this for a second, is a lie from Satan. Offense and bitterness withholds you from what God has for you. You think if I'm offended and I'm bitter towards X, Y, and Z, stick it to the man. And God's up there going, "Uh uh-uh, you got it wrong. You're drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Offense and bitterness can be released, can be let go. If you have it in you, he's not done working on you yet. He wants to get it out of you. You know why? Because there is bondage in offense and bitterness. There is bondage in insecurity. It withholds people from so much of what God has in store for them. No matter the pain or loss of a divorce, he isn't done with you yet. No matter the past, the mistakes, the failures, the feelings of incomplete, he is not done with you yet. I don't know what I have to preach to get you to say amen because these are the promises of God. His promises is, I'm not done with you yet. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're going to do, I am not done working on you yet. I live in confidence in that. I live in assurance of that. See, the thing about this whole thing, you know what Paul says? I am confident. (laughs) He doesn't say I'm semi-confident. He doesn't say I think God's going to finish the work. No. He says, I stand here confidently today. Confidence, knowing that what Jesus has done in my life. See, Paul used to persecute the followers of Jesus. Can we just understand that for a second? Paul was in, like what I believe would be a terrorist today. He was crazy. He was thinking that his religion was right and that if he persecuted the people that were following Jesus, he was doing the right stuff. And God knocked him right off his horse. (laughs) And God said, "Uh uh-uh. And Paul had a deep revelation, an overwhelming encounter with Jesus Christ there in that room. He said, man, I was a mess. Paul says, I was the worst, actually. I was the worst. Anybody ever want to say they're the worst? I do. I know I'm the worst. Do we want to say it? 
But Paul just flat out says it. I was the worst. And then Jesus came into my life. And then Jesus restored me. And then Jesus healed me. And Jesus is continuing to heal me. And continuing to restore me. And we're continuing to release me from the things of this world that I used to hold on to. And so he writes a word. He says confidence. Confidently holding on. We've got to have some confidence. We've got to have some confidence. It's crucial in this faith. You know what? It's crucial to even take the step of faith into this thing. Confidence. I'm placing my confidence in Jesus Christ. I'm taking that step into his salvation saying, hey, you know what? I, I don't understand all this Bible. I, I don't really understand what's going on. Am I a critic? Yeah, sometimes I am. Was I a bigger critic in the past? Oh, yeah. But you know what? I'm just going to take that confident step of faith into this. And then Paul says, I read with confidence that even though you took that step of faith, that's just the beginning. There's more. There's more. The best is yet to come. We are a work in progress. Know that God has worked for us. God's working within us, and God is going to do work through us, through us. Three things, and we're out of here. I believe these are crucial and encourage me. The first two, you're going to be like, yeah, we know that, JP. Well, some people don't. The first thing is this. God has worked for you already. God's worked for us. You want to know how? His son, Jesus. Anybody thankful when another person does the work for you? I was grateful to God when other people did my homework in college. Thank God for that. I loved every minute of it. I was like, bless you, brother and sister. It's amazing. But are you all thankful when someone else does the job that you're required to do? See, that's what Jesus did. Jesus did the job that we should have done. We should have went to that cross. I should have went to that cross. And God said, uh-uh. I'm going to do the heavy lifting. I'm going to do the hard work for you. I'm going to do the things that you can't do, and I'm going to send my one and only son, Jesus, to die for you so that you don't have to go up on that cross, so that when you stand before eternity, before the heavenly Father, you can say, no, 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 I know who Jesus is, and he's going to say, well done. Come into my presence for eternity. Come on, I died for you so that you could have life and a life abundant. I died for you so that the, the, the thing of Satan where he wants to steal, kill, and destroy, that has no place in your life. He's done the heavy lifting for you. He has done the work for us. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful to God that I'm reminded today that his work has been done for us. I don't have to go to a cross and die for mankind. Jesus did it for me. He's done the work. We may love when people work for us. We may love sitting back, drinking coffee, watching the rest of them do what we're supposed to be doing. But then it becomes so hard when it's Jesus. I'll work myself, Jesus. I'll figure it out myself, Jesus. I'll get it together, Jesus. No, you won't. I won't. But I know what he's done. I know the work that he has done for me through the cross of Jesus Christ. He's done work for you. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for you so that you can have an eternal life, a life abundant. The work is done. God's done the heavy lifting. We've got to come to that resolve that confidence comes from knowing that he has done the work for us. I step out in confidence every day knowing that that cross makes me confident. The blood of Jesus has made me confident. He has done the work for us. The second thing is this. Is this encouraging you? I hope so. This is a powerful, this is amazing. This verse is, like I said, it's a life verse. That he that began a good work is going to carry it to completion. So he's worked for us. God's work happens within us. God's work happens within us. You want to know how? Salvation. 
salvation. Recognize that I was a sinner. I was lost. I was forsaken. I, I was left to this world. But then Jesus did a beautiful work. Through his blood, he reconciled me back to the Father's heart. He did the work within me. He can do the work within you. Maybe he's done the work in you already of salvation coming to your heart. But guess what? We need to walk in the confidence that he's done the work in us. If you know that already, if you know that good news already, then we need to step up and step out into the confidence knowing that God has done the work in us. That I'm no longer who I used to be. He did the heavy lifting, but today I stand in confidence knowing he's worked in me, knowing that I wasn't who I was yesterday. I wasn't who I was 10 years ago. I wasn't who my friends said I was. I wasn't who I am, that, that, that lie that was spoken over me as a child. I'm not that person anymore. I'm released from that. I'm let go from that because salvation has come to this home, this heart. His cross paid it. Salvation has come, so now he's working in me. He's ripping out the stuff that's in me that doesn't belong. The light is invading the darkness. His light, his glory, his kingdom, right here. So you can step in confidence. You can stand in confidence. You can stand with two feet saying, okay, world, you can tell me who you think I am. <laughs> Say what you want. I know who I am. I know what's inside of me. I know that nothing's going to shake this. Nothing's going to take this. Nothing's going to break this because Jesus Christ has paid a price for me and I can stand in confidence knowing that he has done a work in me. So world, say what you want to say. Throw whatever you want to throw. But guess what? I'm going to stand in confidence. Be confident that he that began the work in you is going to carry it to completion. Ben, come on up. The last thing is this. God is going to continue to work through you. He's already done the heavy lifting. He can work inside of you, or better yet, maybe he has already worked inside of you. Don't worry about them. Lean into this for a second, because someone needs to hear this. When all those things happen, the final thing is this. He's going to work through you. He's going to work through you. That's what I love about Paul. He writes a letter to the church, and he says, hey, listen, you guys have been amazing. Glory and peace to you all. You guys are awesome. You've done so much for me. You've provided ways for me. But guess what? Now he's going to do greater things in you because this world needs you. Well, JP, I, I get what you're saying. I, I'm a, I, I know that he worked for me. I know that he's in me, but I just feel like I'm a mess. I feel like I've done too much wrong. I feel like I, I'm not able to be used. Anybody ever have those thoughts? Great, four of us now this time. I, I don't know if... This word is really true for me that he's going to work through me. He's going to work through you. He's going to use you. And Paul is writing to a church saying, don't quit. Don't stop. Press in. There's more. There's more for you that he has to do with you. And at the same time that the word of God is saying that, guess what else has happened? Satan is whispering, he's done. He's done with you. You've done too much. You've acted a fool too long. You got too many sins. You got too many skeletons in the closet. He's not, he's, he's done. That voice is screaming. It's screaming. There's no beauty left in you. There's nothing else that you can do 
to do something in this world, to change this world, to bring life to this world. I was talking to my wife about this, and I was just like, man, how can I drive this point home? You know, sometimes as preachers, right, we want to have the best analogies and the best things so that it can take and make sense to you, right, or else I'd be a really bad communicator. Full disclosure here. You're getting the ins and outs of being a pastor. And I was sitting there, and I was like, man, how can I just tell people that there's beauty even as God is reworking, even as God is remodeling, there's beauty. And we were, we were talking to her brother, and he, he told her a story about a church in Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee. Claiborne Temple, if I'm not mistaken. A famous, amazing church that has been there for years upon years. Look it up. And this church was used in amazing ways in the past. It was beautiful. The, the cathedral inside of it, everything that was inside of it, I was blown away as I was looking at the pictures like, wow, whoever built that, whoever made that, incredible. I want to hire them for my house. Because it was just that awe. It was like, wow. And to see pictures in the past, black and white pictures of, of people filling in the place and the word being perform, uh, pro, uh, pro, proclaimed and people walking on the streets during the times of, of the civil rights movement and just standing in the, in the place of, 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 of death and saying, no, we're going to stand for greater things. We're going to stand for more because these people deserve it. That's who Oasis is, by the way, too. And there was beauty in it. And then all of a sudden, I think the voice of Satan started to scream a little bit too loud to that place, to those leaders, and they said, you know what, it's getting too hard. It's getting too much. That, that confidence of knowing that he's not done, I, I don't believe it anymore. And they stepped away, right? They walked away from the city. They, they, they shut the church down. And the church became vacant. And it became destroyed. There's pictures of inside the cathedral now that I'm looking at it, I'm going, how does something that beautiful become like this? Broken. Messed up. Not able to be used. And then the amazing thing about Jesus is he's not done working on us yet. <laughs> a pastor has stepped up. People have stepped up. And they said this, this place of, uh, of church, this place of beauty, is going to be once again a place of beauty. The voices of Satan that he tried to, to dismiss it, to try to remove it, to try to get out of the city. No, we're stepping in. And there are people there now meeting in this church, meeting in this space, proclaiming the good news of Jesus over a city called Memphis, Tennessee. And what Satan would want to be destroyed and killed and done, God said, uh-uh, I'm not done yet. I'm not done in that city. I'm not done in Chicago. Chicago may seem dark, but Chicago may seem broken, but I'm still working. And guess what? I'm going to work through you to reach the people. Know that I've done the work, so step up. Lean in. Know that I've done the heavy lifting. Know that I've done the work inside of you, and know that I'm going to work through you to reach this city and to reach the people around you. That's beautiful. That what Satan would want to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said No. That's mine. That's my possession. No matter if they wander off, I'm going to chase after them. No matter if they go after the things of this world, I'm going to run after them and I'm going to get them because that's mine. And then I'm going to use them to do great things, to do beautiful things. But he's still working through you. He's worked for you. He's worked in you. He wants to work in you. And then he wants to work through you. Because Satan's voice has been too loud, far too long. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes?